Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of Guido Talks. This is senior reporter Christian Calgary and joining me as ever is site editor Paul Staines. Afternoon. We had a very rare entertaining Prime Minister's questions today. Um, Rishi especially had his Weetabix and it was on Keir Starmer's favourite topic of propriety and ethics in public life, wasn't it Paul? Yeah, uh, I for one was happy to see a return of punch and Judy politics. I don't know why people pretend they don't like it. Our readers love it. And I think, to tell the truth, so does everyone in politics. Um, Kicked off today PMQs with a question from a backbencher on corruption. And it went from there onwards with Starmer. Uh, Dominic Raab was sat next to the Deputy Prime Minister, was sat next to the PM. And Starmer went in with a jibe about his bullying straight away. Rob looked absolutely, um, what's the polite word, disdainful, you know, and it's bad smell and something tasteless in his mouth, uh, shaking his head. Starmer stuck to the process questions. He was going on about Zahawi. I think Rishi's comeback, which is that he demanded I get an ethics advisor. I got an ethics advisor. I followed the process. The ethics advisor came back in a week and I sacked Zahawi. Is fair given Labour had spent weeks demanding he appoint an ethics advisor. I, I mean, I think the, 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 the fact that Starmer has, has continued going on Zahawi, even after he's been sacked, maybe shows a slight sort of nervousness by Keir Starmer about what issues to go on, because obviously he's been riding the crest of this this wave for for years, really, you know, ever since the Owen Paterson scandal under Boris Johnson, and and right through to Zahawi, and you know, does it does it betray a, a fear to talk about other issues? I mean, he certainly didn't go anywhere near the the topic that's actually affecting people's lives, which are the strikes, for obvious reasons, because Rishi can always fall back on the fact that the unions bankroll the Labour Party. I think I think that this has worked for him for a while, and it plays very well in the broadsheet newspapers. You know, the Guardian loves it, the BBC loves it. Uh, the lobby hacks are enjoying tasting blood with uh, with Zahawi. The Tories are comforting themselves by saying that they're going to stick to the bread and butter issues. He's got his four points. You know, he's going to halve inflation, which is going to halve anyway. So he's going to win on that one. So they are sticking, you know, Isaac Levito in the mould of. The, the Tory campaign manager is saying stick to bread and butter issues. And Starmer is sticking to what has worked so far. Whether this appeals to the wider public who are basically sick and tired of strikes, things not working, general economic malaise, you know, which is more important? Is, is Rishi's strategy, which he's telegraphing quite openly in the broadsheets, if you read the Sunday Times article this weekend, um, Tim Shipman was saying this is the plan. You know, the, the pundits have been briefed that they're going to try and redeem, the Tories are going to try and redeem themselves by getting on with the job and leaving Starmer to play politics, which is amusing. And it is, um, uh, you know, quite ridiculous to say, oh, we're not going to do politics, we're going to do, do delivery. Will it work? They're 20 points behind. I mean, the question is, I think some of the issues that Starmer are bringing up are, are hangovers from, you know, the Boris administration. The Zahawi thing started years ago. The Raab thing, you know, is a Boris thing. It's also a, a, a Rishi issue. I don't think it was any skin off, off Rishi's back sacking Zahawi. The question on this uh, 
as you were saying, the sort of Westminster bubble topic is how uh, how will Rishi respond when he's an ally of his? You know, if if the standards advisor finds against Dominic Raab on these bullying claims, will Rishi sack Raab as quickly as he did Zahawi? Well, Raab Raab backed, I think, Rishi quite early, didn't he? Yeah. So yeah, I'd yeah. say he he counts as much as as much as someone who's only been in politics since 2015 can say he's got allies in the cabinet. I, I think Raab probably qualifies. It, it's it's a uh, Starmer tried hard on the when did you know kind of thing about Zahawi. And it's fair to say uh, we were aware of the issue, the the politics and the political media were aware of the issue, certainly around the leadership campaign, because the HMRC thing kind of torpedoed Zahawi's campaign. Yeah, that and a myriad of other errors by by his campaign. But but also, I think there's there's sort of, there's two, there's two halves. There's There's a there's a, a prequel and, and what actually toppled Zahawi, which are that there were questions about his taxes, but nothing nothing that would deal a hammer blow. That's why he continued. And, and it was really only when we found out a couple of weeks ago, thanks to The Sun, that Zahawi had paid a penalty, that that was, in essence, you know, a confession of wrongdoing on his part, or certainly HMRC had deemed, had deemed wrongdoing on his part. And that was... Uh, that was the death blow, wasn't it? I don't think there was any coming back from that. I, I have to confess admiration for Zahawi's nerve and audaciousness to actually <laughs> get to actually accept the position of Chancellor when, when you're in what? absolute trouble. I mean, he had been interviewed, I think, under uh, under caution. You know, yes, HMRC have, have a system called the Hansard process, which is different from the other one, where you are basically said, look, fess up now or we're going to yeah. try and jail you. And at that point, he's obviously come clean. And to, I mean, the <laughs> well, also not, balls. Oh, yeah. No, no one doubts that, right? I mean, not only did he accept Chancellor, he then stood for Tory leadership whilst facing questions about his taxes and thought, no, this won't be so. Imagine if he had become Prime Minister. <laughs> like, just... I don't know what the end game was for him, but... Um, you know, he did. He pleaded ignorance, didn't he? That was one of the one of the most damning sort of complaints from this uh, standards investigation was that he told uh, the independent advisor that he thought that initial meeting in, in uh, I think it was June twenty twenty one. He thought that was just a general chit chat, a coffee morning, uh, you know, what's been going on here type thing. And the <laughs> the ethics advisor went, no, <laughs> you know, you you probably should have realised it was quite serious from that moment onwards. I will confess that in my business career, I've had a few rows with HMRC, but usually it's late payment the VAT or actually paying <laughs> paying it to the wrong HMRC account or yeah. I haven't nope. had to face them <laughs> face to face, <laughs> be surrounded by them, and then and then and then. I mean, oh, yeah. Gracious. Uh, but there's the other issue, I think, or, or confusion with Starmer's attack, which is the what? What do they actually want from the independent investigator? I mean, I know they play party politics, you know, harder than anyone. But Boris lost his last uh, independent standards advisor on the ministerial code. Labour spent months and months and months demanding to know why a new one hadn't been appointed. A new one was appointed. The Zahawi story emerges. They go, oh, you don't need to consult the ethics advisor, just sack it. 
Uh, Rishi goes, no, we'll follow due process, which I thought you would have liked, uh, you know, uh, Malud Keir Starmer. Uh, and then when the report does come out, it appears they haven't read it, and they're, they're now accusing extra impropriety of Rishi Sunak for something that I interpreted. He was essentially cleared of in the report, which was not knowing about him having paid a financial penalty to HMRC when he was appointed party chair. Christian, I'm going to let you in on a secret. I think Starmer is on a high horse playing <laughs> petty politics. And that's all it is. It doesn't make logical sense. It's just petty politics. Uh, is it working is the question. I think it will run out of steam and will return in due course to talk about the real issues. Unless, unless Dominic Raab has to go, which would... I, I mean, I, from what I know of Dominic Raab is he is a hard taskmaster. But come on, you know... These, uh, yeah. these civil servants, uh, what are they, snowflakes? You're a senior civil servant in a, in, in a high office ministry. You're going to be under pressure and you've got a demanding boss. In, the, in the foreign office as well. You know, yeah. I can't imagine what, what, what sort of tone did they want from the foreign secretary during the fall of Afghanistan? Did he, you know, uh, you know don't, 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 don't press yourself. Don't worry too hard. Just try and get some veterans back, uh, you know, if you can. I wouldn't be surprised if they want, you know, a cup of chai and a back massage. And I don't <laughs> think that's unlikely as well, knowing the way the civil service works nowadays, when they're back from their training in witches' sorcery at lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, there, was, there were other things in uh, uh, PNQs. I thought John Penrose, Tory backbencher, asked a good question. He, he sort of reminded people about growth. And we had the IMF saying... UK was going to have terrible growth this 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 year. Uh, the IMF usually wrong, so we'll see how that turns out. But um, two years ago, John Penrose was asked by Boris to come up with some growth proposals. He came up with 30 action points. He says half of them have been acted on. I, I mean, I've, have they? I'm not aware of what they are exactly. So it still makes the government literally half-hearted about growth. But uh, Rishi sort of acknowledged it and didn't really... You know, and said, we'll have a meeting. You know, get on with it. Yeah, I mean... There's no enthusiasm, is there, from the government on on growth? What is it? Are they ter- are they really terrified of inflation that they think any dramatic action by the government is going to cause another trust site you know collapse in in market confidence? No, because inflation's halving, uh, you know, just because yeah. the the price shock is coming out of the numbers. Uh, they just haven't got any money, and they they're worried about what the gilt market's going to do if they try and cut taxes in any way whatsoever. I mean, they've got they've, they're snookered. Well, I mean, we had the IMF, didn't we? And they uh, uh, they actually uh, one of the reasons they say that growth is going to be so low this year is because taxes are too high, which is quite after a last year saying don't cut taxes. Um, well, I mean, after they... yeah, I mean, uh, after basically saying Liz Truss, what on earth are you doing trying to cut taxes? You insane woman! How dare you? Uh, you know, diverge from our orthodoxy. Uh, you know, so I don't think they've got a leg to stand on. But I did think credit where it's due. Rishi did uh, had a very good performance today, as you say. He, he sort of won the knockabout contest of party politics in the chamber, and partly thanks, of course, to to both Rosie Duffield creating a massive headache for Keir Starmer and women's rights, uh, and a little help from uh, from yours truly, Edo Forbes. Yeah, I mean, he basically referenced our story and the, the recording. Well. Our, our our recording was what gave it legs, but I'll be fair to the man on Sunday. They did have it first. So who what else was there? Uh, Ian, uh, did you see Ian Blackford was back and the whole the whole of the chain went, whoa, whoa. <laughs> hey, there was, 
sort of nostalgic, <laughs> really. It is. And, and, you know, the, the thing I don't think a lot of people outside the Westminster bubble might um, appreciate is Ian Blackford actually has a lot of friends in Westminster and, and away from the chamber where he uh, does his whole pompous, I hate the Tories, I hate the UK Act. He, he gets on very well with people from across the political aisles. So there was there was some genuine warmth, I thought, um, from Ian Blackford. It's not as bad as I was it Dr. Julian Lewis back in the day or, or it was a Lib Dem. And uh, he would he would stand up, and and the chamber would just groan, and and fair play to him, uh, Burko. You know, of course, Hansard wouldn't record that. Burko used to stand up and go, you know, there's no reason to groan just because the honourable member wants to ask a question. So uh, uh. <laughs> I have to admit, I feel a bit like that, even though I agree with him most things. A bit like that when Bill Cash stands up, although he's usually right, just just irritating. There was um, a more serious. Uh, I thought I thought it was terrible. The um, the Corbynite Scouser MP Kim Johnson got up and she called the Israelis fascists. Fascist government. Yeah. Yeah. Indulging in apartheid. Might might work well at a momentum rally. I I just think that's just ridiculous. And shows that Starmer has a problem with those kind of infantile leftists. Yes. She's been brought in, I think, demanded to go and see the chief whip. And if she doesn't apologise, then we may get a... Uh, another, another, back, uh, you know, unaffiliated um, backbencher this afternoon at this rate. Well, I mean, I suppose that will prove to conspiracy theorists that you can't say anything about Israel. Well, well I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't personally use those words a week after Holocaust Memorial Day. Given, given how Starmer's made such efforts to get themselves out of that hole, I mean, suspending the former leader of the Labour Party basically permanently, mm. he'll, he'll not be happy about being dragged into the wrong place on that issue. Absolutely. And that gets us into the right place to bring this episode to a close. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll be back this time next week and we look forward for you to join us next week. 